Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hello, villains, and where the hell are we going? See, that's lack of practice, though. That's what that is. And where, where are we going? What's going on? It's it's just, it's turned into a complete another farce. Been away for about a week, it turns into a complete another farce. Hello, everybody, and welcome to For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast. Um, Paddy, I don't think I've ever seen you wear a baseball hat before. I just realized you were wearing one right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I figured I had to wear... This short tonight because I don't have an Argentina goalkeeper short, and um, I hate going on the podcast as you know without something Billa on, so I put the hat on. Put the hat on is right, and as all good goalkeepers know, you always have to have a peaked hat in the back of the goals just in case, just in case that low exactly. sunlight tends to hit yeah. you. Yeah, all good goalkeepers will tell you that, but we have a good goalkeeper, thankfully, and we're going to speak speak an awful lot about a very good goalkeeper because uh. On behalf of the For Love and Pomegranate podcast, congratulations to the wonderful Emmy Martinez and a fantastic World Cup, a fantastic performance in the final. One of the most, uh, most uh, how will I put it, um, heart-stopping moments, um, I suppose, when, that, when uh, what's his name, Rolo, Rolo Mune, um, or Colo Mune um, came through and Emmy Martinez stuck out his big size 13 left foot. And, and knock that ball away. And I think uh, we in Ireland appreciate a goalkeeper being the hero an awful lot. Because, let's face it, a lot of the time our goalkeepers have had to be the hero. And I'm sure in Argentinian <laughs> folklore, it would be known as the Lionel, Lionel Messi um, final, for obviously for obvious reasons, what he did. But also that save from Emmy Martinez. People will talk about that over points of whatever... 
um, in in uh, Buenos Aires for years and years and years to come. And look, it's not often, well, I was going to say it's not often we have a player who plays in the World Cup final. We have never had a player that played in the World Cup final. And for the world to be speaking about him in such um, in such nice tones from the footballing point of view. And also, yeah, he did go out and, and make a name for himself afterwards, and we'll discuss that in a moment. But that brings a bit of a lure, that brings a small a bit of a... Um, how would I put it? It, it brings, it, it puts our, it should have put our good, our club in a good, in a good light. And I'll explain what I mean by that in a moment, because I don't think an awful lot of people talk, spoke about Aston Villa. They all spoke about the fact that he went on loan to Oxford and Rotherham and was with Arsenal. And there, were, like a lot of the commentary was, why did he leave Arsenal? Well, I'll tell you why he left Arsenal, because he knew that he could fucking go and win the World Cup. And Aston Villa gave him a chance to play regular football, and look what he's done. He's gone away and won the World Cup. So. Congratulations, Emmy Martinez. That's my little soliloquy to you and to honour you as being the first ever Aston Villa player to play in a World Cup final. And we have a 100% strike rate. Exactly. And before I continue, Andrew Munro has said Emmy to Bayern. And I'd like to ask everybody, can we just have this podcast without talking about where he's going? Because no, I, don't he's think, going. I don't think he goes anywhere. We have him on a five-year contract. I'm sure we've learned our lesson with losing our last big talent. And uh, to me, he's going nowhere. Because at the end of the day, he owes us for putting us in, in that position. And he will at least give us another couple of years. If he wants to go and get a payday, then if we have an honour to him by getting into European football, that's absolutely fine. Yeah. But the moral of the story is that without his move to Aston Villa, that man does not make his debut for Argentina, let alone be there for that moment that saved Argentina from a last mm. last few seconds from from losing the World Cup final, and he just knew it was written in the stars that he was it was heading for penalties and you know yeah it was one of those most incredible like the final was incredible because of like for me it was the tactics that I saw. The way but on both sides, I thought they were, both I, sides, I just yeah. thought it was absolutely incredible, and to great see managerial and, performances. It yes, ended up absolutely. In. the The inclusion of, of Angel Di Maria when when the tactic of France was to try and stop Messi, and he just mm. had the freedom of the park. It, it was just a ju like I know it wasn't particularly for seventy minutes. There, there was a lot going on, but it it wasn't the most attractive game as such. But by God, when they took off Angel de Maria, <laughs> things changed dramatically, yeah. and, uh, and and that was that that was seen as kind of that that's actually a good talking point because Scaloni was almost being criticised for making his substitutions, making too many substitutions, almost. Uh, how, I'm not going to say too late in the game, but um, at, at at maybe an inopportune time. But Didier Deschamps hauled two people off before half time. Uh, just before halftime as well. So like both managers, yeah. I think were, were willing to live and die by their 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 um their substitutions by by what their decisions were going to be. And look, you you get a final that goes to penalties and uh, mm. and, and and people. And in fairness to Didier Deschamps, he's, he's not he's not a man that I've ever liked. But I I thought I thought that was an absolutely bonkers decision. <laughs> but you know that's why you and me are not sitting. Uh, Sitting in um, the dugouts mm. at the World Cup, <laughs> but uh, yeah. we we can sit here and we we can talk about it. But it's uh, it was just it was an amazing yeah. final. Like I I I have a love for Argentina. That's that's no 
yeah. secret. My my love for Argentina stems back to the, the first World Cup I can remember, which was uh, 1986, where Diego Armando Maradona made me fall in love with football. And, and, and you know, I was a late arrival to the game. But from 1986 on, my all my world centred around getting a ball and kick it around the park, kick it around the road, kick it around with my friends. And that's what World Cups do. You're, you're going to find people all around the world trying to be our goalkeeper. <laughs> he's he's going to be a hero to an awful lot of people. And I beg to differ about Aston Villa being, being uh, mentioned because someone sent me a video, which I couldn't figure out how to change it because it was on TikTok, or how to send it because it was on TikTok. And I'm TikTok not, I'm is not... malware, Paddy. We'll get into that discussion afterwards. <laughs> TikTok is malware. But anyway, go on. I'm not great for sending these things that are already in a website. But anyway, there was 24 commentaries. And in the 24 commentaries after the save, Aston Villa was said twice in all different languages. So everywhere around the world in those 24 commentaries, they know that Emmy Martinez is an Aston Villa player. And it puts him firmly up there with one of the great goalkeepers and one of the great performances, albeit he didn't have a whole pile to do, but that save will be remembered like we remember Packy Bonner in 1990. Because without that save, they didn't win the World Cup. But it puts us on the map. He put us on the map. We put him on the map. So there's a lot of payback here. So let's let's just hope the owners go and back Unai Emery, which we've been saying for years. Uh, go and back him, get the players in, and, and push on and, and get in there for Europe. Adam Adam Diehouse is our unofficial producer. He's the only one of you. He's the only one of you out there that told me my microphone wasn't turned on. Uh, so good man, Adam. <coughs> Hopefully that's a small bit better. So I hope everybody could hear. There's going to have to be a bit of post production to try and up my uh, my Emmy soliloquy at the start to to try and make it heard again. Uh, but thank you very much for that. Um, yeah, I. I and Andrew has come back and said, I get it, Paddy. He owes everything to the opportunity he got and sees yeah, the villa. Absolutely. Think he'll stay, but it's got to be a worry. Of course, it's got to be a worry, yeah, but we're not going down that road tonight. I, I think there's just... a lot of. Two, uh, do you know what? Do you know, actually, I, I'm going to give it uh, a, just a minute's conversation. His agent came out and started speaking, which, which I thought was, was a bit strange. His agent came out and started speaking about Syria as a potential destination for him. Yet the media would put two and two together with Manuel Neuer's injury, which, to be honest with you, I'm going to call it out and say, it's absolutely bonkers that you let anybody go snowboarding um, on their international on, on a mid-season break like that. And unfortunately for Manuel Neuer, fell, broke his leg or whatever he did. He did some injury to himself. And uh, now he's out for the rest of the season. At 36, I think a lot of the media were putting two and two together to say, hmm, what really good goalkeeper that's at a club that has probably has, has a history of selling their best players uh, could could be on the move and look. It was either going to be. I, I I could almost guarantee you that if Morocco got into the final, it was going to be probably Bono that was going to be um going to be linked to Bayern nothing. Munich as well. Um, but look, what's the most Bayern Munich have ever paid for a player? Oh, I only heard this during the week, and it's not an awful lot. I think it's only something like twenty million or twenty-two million or something like that. There is absolutely zero chance they're playing market value for Emmy Martinez. Oh, they just the reason, that's why they, they that's why that they one. just hoover up um talent from from the Bundesliga. Yeah, you know, so so the, uh, the the name you mentioned, Bono, is more likely for one they could they could go for. And and going back to going back to the snowboarding uh, incident that caused him the broken leg, 
I've yet to meet a footballer and I have a few friends that were footballers over the years and, and I've seen footballers' contracts. There is a clause in all of them to say you can't partake in... There's numerous different things, but among them, yeah. ice skating, uh, snowboarding, skiing, all, all of those... What would you call them? Uh, adventure sports. Adventure sports, yeah. So there's there, there's many more of them, like rock climbing, blah, blah, blah. There's a list of about 50 things you cannot do as a professional footballer. Mm. So I, I doubt he's covered by insurance. I doubt his wages will be paid until he's back playing football because he's broken his contract. So uh, that'll be an interesting one to watch yeah. in the next couple of weeks. Absolutely. Also as well, it would be remiss if we didn't mention that um, fair play to Neil Cutler. Neil Cutler has done the rounds uh, an awful lot. Um, uh, and I've, I've heard him on one or two different things recently uh, since the World Cup final. Big enough Aston Villa. You can see he really enjoyed his time here. He would have loved to have stayed. And I spoke very, very warmly about Emmy Martinez. And as we know, Emmy Martinez FaceTimed Neil Cutler from the dressing room. That shows a nice little bond to, Incredible. To, 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 that's there. Um, yes, look, a lot of the, a lot of the people that don't know Emmy Martinez don't know anything. Is essentially, probably only picked up on him uh, in this World Cup. I've been talking about um, his now we're going to call it his trademark behavior with the with the Golden Glove piece. Doesn't really bother me. I think people were just more more concerned at the fact that the look that the lad behind him was giving him um, when he did it. As we all know, he did it with the Copa America trophy as well. And he's going to do it with the FA Cup. <laughs> I ruined it. I ruined it with my cough. He's going to do it with the FA Cup trophy uh, come the end of the year as well. So uh, continue. You, you know, you know that the guy behind him wasn't making that face at what he did. He was making the face at the fact that Emmy never shook his hand. <laughs> he was there for handshakes. He okay. never shook his hand. He just kept walking by and, and then made that gesture with the with the hand. So that's apparently why your man was kind of a bit taken back by everything. Yeah, and uh, I, I saw actually, I saw today actually, just to keep on the Emmy Martinez, Martinez trend. Um, and to be honest with you, I was a small bit more taken aback by him holding the the doll with Mbappe's head on it, and um, when he was in the open open top bus today, um, than I was with the with the trying to hump the, the the trophy. But as we know, the the bus, as you may not know, you may may or may not know, the bus had to actually be evacuated today. Um, because there was millions of people apparently lining the road, lining the street in Buenos Aires, and people were actually trying to get on the bus. The players themselves didn't want to leave, but the security detail had to evacuate them by helicopter from the bus. I haven't seen any video footage. I've only seen something <laughs> written about it now. But uh, yeah, put it this way. That's going to be an eventful 48 hours in anyone's book to win a World Cup final on penalties and then to have to be evacuated from a, from a bus via helicopter it's like a keanu reeves film it's like speed it's like <laughs> if anyone's ever seen that film so uh fair play to emmy martinez as i say a great ambassador for the club um from the point of view of uh, you know once again we have people talking about aston villa yeah. um can we do a west ham on it and say we win the, we won the world cup no i'm gonna put it out there i'm gonna put it out no. there we won the world cup um <laughs> we won the world cup we did 123 minutes. No, don't get the penalties. I don't, want, I don't want anyone. I don't want anyone talking about us in the same breath as the way they talk about that because that's <laughs> farcical. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. just just going back to the stuff that's happened in the in the last 48 hours, some of the, some of the things he does are questionable. 
holding that Mbappe doll, having conceded a hat trick to him plus a penalty in the shootout, was a little bit weird. Yeah. You know, he, he's he's going to be the king of shit house, but he just needs to rein it in a little bit because these yeah. things have a habit of coming back and biting on And theirs. regardless of what happens, there's going to come an all-merciful humbling at some stage whereby there is going to be a kick in at him. There's going to be an absolute pile in him at some stage. And look, do you know what? Yeah. Just fuck it, it is what it is. We He's, he's our player, you know. People are going, yeah. to, are going to punch down on Aston Villa every opportunity they get. It's been a historical thing, so... You know, it's going to happen yeah. at some stage. It could be six months down the line. It could be whenever. But you're, it's it. Look, hey, your man is after doing the best thing that he's ever done in his whole entire life. Uh, after signing for Aston Villa, that's winning a World Cup. He couldn't care less about the pile in that will happen to him the next time he kicks one, kicks a uh, kick, a, a kick out over the the sideline, uh, goes out for a throw. Ain't going to matter to him. So, uh, to me, it's not going to matter to me either. Um, well done, Emmy Martinez, and well done to all the Aston Villa players that competed at the World Cup. Um, as you say, we only had a small contingent out there, and of those that played, um, they did the club proud. Absolutely. So congratulations. And I've, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Uh, FIFA have belittled this World Cup. They've, they've made people think poorly of it. Uh, in the end, we got one of the greatest finals I don't think it was a particularly good World Cup. There was there was no real huge standouts for me that we'll, we'll remember throughout other than that final. Um, I hope you, to God. I think, do you know what the funny thing is? I think people will remember the fact that Saudi Arabia beat uh, Argentina. I think there's a couple of those <laughs> yeah. storylines out there. People remember Morocco. Uh, people will remember Ronaldo being an absolute dunce again. Like, he, he just... like. There, there is no defending Ronaldo in my book. Anyway, there is no defending him. Just but for me, for me, what he done is is my second highlight of the World Cup because he, he's just completely on the world stage, showing the world what he's really like. He's a petulant, bitter man. Mm. Yeah, listen, no, we, this is not yeah. a Ronaldo. We, we, thankfully, he's gone off to Saudi Arabia or somewhere to play football, and we don't have don't have to speak an awful lot about him anymore. And his last just, his last ever game on British soil, he lost to Aston Villa, and I had the pleasure of being behind the goal, slagging him. And that was great him. fun. We <laughs> broke him. We broke him. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but no, congratulations to all Aston Villa, all the Aston Villa players. And we are going to discuss some Aston Villa players in a moment, but I think it would be remiss of me as well. And I meant to mention this at the very, very start, that um uh, uh that uh, Martin Duffy of Primal Scream, a lot of you guys may, may, may obviously, I'm not saying a lot of you guys may know Primal Scream. If you don't know Primal Scream, well, then that's not my fault. But unfortunately, Martin Duffy, an Aston Villa fan, uh, passed away after a tragic accident um, at his um, at his at his house. So you know, it's worth remembering that as well. That uh, another whole tender in the sky and somebody that uh, I know that I've listened to, like their music has been synonymous. Um, you know, within a lot of people's lives, so I, I didn't want to want to go and let let the minute pass without mentioning that as well. So, um, condolences to his family and condolences to anybody who's lost anyone since we were last on the air as well. Um, but moving ahead, Paddy, the I, I suppose now we're going to be turning our our attention towards Aston Villa in the Premier League. We've got Liverpool coming up, um, then we're going to have Wolves, and then we're going to have or sorry, we've got Liverpool coming up, then the FA Cup, and then Wolves. Um, no, Liverpool no, in the league. Liverpool, in the, Liverpool league. in the league. Spurs in the league. Spurs Wolves in the league, in the league. And, then and then Wolves the in the league, Cup. and then the FA Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I forgot about the Spurs game. I couldn't remember what it was, but yeah, then the FA Cup. 
Um, and uh, we'll pack the Will Emmy be back for the Liverpool game because I've heard four different four different renditions and I only get them all confused. And uh, I've there's one that I believe. Um, well, I tell you mine. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah, I think I've told you already, Neil. But you did. That's the one I believe. <laughs> all right, okay. <laughs> but I didn't want to, I didn't want to go spouting it because it was your it was your story to tell. <laughs> and look, if it, if it's not true, don't shoot the messenger. But I've been reliably and told, reliably told that he will be back training later in the week to play against Liverpool, to play against Spurs, to play against Wolves, and then they're giving him his time off to recover, and he'll probably miss the FA Cup game. So that's what I've been told yesterday. Whether that's the case, the lad could go missing on the piss for the next two weeks. Who knows? <laughs> I'll never forget that. Like, like one of the ones after winning a big trophy, I always remember John Higgins when he won his first snooker title. And don't don't ask me why this sticks out in my mind. And I only told Paddy this this or this recently <laughs> as well. It came up in conversation. And uh, I remember John Higgins won. Obviously, the snooker final was on. I think it was a bank holiday Monday. And then on the Thursday, um, they were trying to get him on Irish radio, and they couldn't get him on. And his wife. They got his wife on instead, and his wife said, I haven't seen him since he won. I don't know where he is. He's somewhere in the UK on an absolute bender, and I have no idea where he is. And it sticks out in my mind listening to that just on live radio going, oh, my God, that's exactly what winning means. You know, that, you know, you might never do it again, so you might as well celebrate it. But hopefully he does. Hopefully that is the story, and he does come back during this week, trains, plays against Liverpool, um, beats Liverpool, and then goes on to um, to, to enjoy the Christmas break um, after the, the Wolves game. That would be nice. Um, so let's talk about the squad that we have. I'm, I'm remiss to go into, go into transfers just at the moment because there's a lot being said. I do think that we will have, uh, we, will, we will be busy in January as in we will be looking to sign a lot of players. Whether we sign, I, I'm putting in it maybe two players that we will sign in January and there's a whole other podcast I want to do on this. But for the time being, what I want to talk about is since we've last played, um, there have been, in my view, some winners and some losers. Uh, and losers is not the not the right phrase, but there's been some people whose stock is up and people whose stock is slightly down, I think, from the three games that we've played. And obviously we're not reading into this and the players were probably completely in her gas playing those games and they're getting used to new tactics and they're probably, you know, everything is going on in, in those games and we're not reading too much into it. But I think it would be remiss of us not to not to speak about, I suppose, where people are are, are kind of falling within the pecking order of, of, of this squad at, at, at the moment. And Paddy, I want to bring it to you first. Is there anyone in particular that you can think of that maybe has, I'm not going to say not done himself any favours, but somebody who just, maybe this season, since whether it's been under Gerard or whether it's been under Emery, that just hasn't really kicked on from where we wanted him to last season. Well, I, th- I think there's a number of them, but I'm, I'm going to highlight two. One one is as blatant as, as the cap on my head, and that's uh, Robin Olsen. Um, well, he definitely hasn't done himself any favours. Um, and the other one, who pains me a little bit to say it, because we all know I'm a big fan of him, but I think Callum Chambers will be out the door. Yeah. Uh, worked under Emery before, remember? Um, but in fairness to Emery, he's given him his opportunity to come in and do stuff. And I think we can take it now that um, I've always said he's the kind of player that needs a run of games. He's not going to get that run of games, especially with Diego Carlos coming back. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we brought in another centre-half in the summer. 
And I think we've probably seen the last of, of Callum Chambers. And if it is, good luck to him. I hope he gets a good move. I hope he gets to go somewhere where he plays football because he's a, he's obviously a really good guy. Um, and with a bit of football, I'm sure he can he can do himself proud for sure. And then, of course, you have the other two, which didn't get a, a look in whatsoever. And that's uh, Sanson and... Uh, forgot Marvelous. his name. No, the fullback. <laughs> oh, Gilbert. Oh, Gilbert. Gilbert's yeah. gone. Gilbert's yeah. gone. So those, those, those four are, are the ones that stand out. Uh, you've mentioned Marvellous. Absolutely. I, I, I think he's way down the pecking order at this stage. And I think if, if the right move come in, he'd be gone. Yeah. Um, I have to agree on, like, Robin Olsen, I don't... Look, he's he's what we have at the moment, but I, I, I don't see anything past him after this season. I would imagine he's probably going to move on again after this season, um, which, you know, uh, I, I, I don't think that... I don't think that any, anyone could disagree with that. Um, maybe he stays around, but what I would say is hopefully we're never, not going to need him that much um, over the coming weeks. Obviously, we will need him to deputise for... Um, for for Emmy Martinez, if he if and when he does get that break, uh, but Robin Olsen would certainly be one. And I agree with you, Callum Chambers as well. I just I've been I've been a bit underwhelmed by him even since the start of the season. He hasn't gotten off a bit, a lot of a look in Australia. He looked fine. He looked grand in Australia. You know, no problems with that. And people were, I just never felt that he was ever going to grab the bull by the by the horns and become that starting centre half. Uh, some great flashes last season. It brought in the likes of Diego Carlos. Diego Carlos guys could be back by the end, by the mid to the end of January. That would be a fantastic re-addition into the squad as well. But I just see game time limited for for um, for Canham Chambers, um, and I see us dipping into the centre half market. May not be a big flashy signing, but I see us dipping into the centre half market for a ball player uh, again in um, in in January. Um, as I say, it may not be that massive signing to come in and play directly, but I think that Callum Chambers could be somebody who could miss out. Now, there's obviously there's people that were, were underwhelmed with as well that I don't think are going to be sold anytime soon. Um, and uh, I think obviously, look, I've seen it a couple of times there in the um, in in the comments as well about about Ollie Watkins. Look, Ollie Watkins finishing is really frustrating, and I think that, but I think that Ollie Watkins has a lot to offer this team. Um, I think specialization. I think I think the whole idea of the utility uh, player nature of an Ali Watkins. Can he play out wide? Can he play up top? I think now is kind of the time where he probably has to be moved more out to the out, out to the wing positions a small bit more, or out into kind of a an inverted ten a small bit more. And I just I think that Aston Villa are going to bring in a big name striker. Sorry, maybe not even a big name striker. I think they're going to bring in. Um, I think they're going to spend money on a striker. I think in January, and certainly if not in January, I think heavily going to be linked with a lot of strikers in January. We already have been, um, but mm. I think that somebody comes in there, and and I'm not averse. Look, Ollie Watkins, I think he's played. I think he's actually played really well under Emery since since Emery's come in. Um, against uh, who was what was the last uh, friendly we played against Villarreal? He missed a hat full of chances. You know, in the game, just felt he was a bit slow taking shots. He was a bit slow at at, at manipulating the ball once it got up there. Um, someone else that, uh, to move it on to people who I think have been playing pretty well since uh, over the over the break and since um, and since Emery has come in, Douglas Louise looks like a superstar player again inside there. I think it really suits him. I think John McGinn is immeasurably perf- uh, um, improved with regards to how he's 
influencing the game. The last step I think he needs to take is that, and I mentioned it on Twitter as well recently, is just he's 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 okay when he's passing it out wide and when he's passing it in space, but these little intricate passing lanes and passing triangles that Emery wants us to play in the middle of the field. McGinn and and this isn't to say that he can't do it because I I, I think that uh, I think that any player is capable of um of coming up to speed with with a certain game plan. It's just we don't have forever to wait for people to do this. Um, but McGinn needs to kind of get a small bit more um more finesse into those passes. Um, as time comes, and then also I think somebody who's really upped his game again is Tyrone Mings. I think Tyrone Mings has been um. I, I think the three games that we've seen in this mini break, he's been partnered with different people quite a lot as well. But I think outside of that, I think Tyrone Mings is definitely somebody who's kind of settled back into that centre half role. And for me, I think he's been probably our most sturdy player over the course of the, the season 2022 so far. Who do you think? Um, well, you've mentioned Douglas Louise. Douglas Louise for me is, is phenomenal. Um, in, in, especially since since Emery came in, you, ju- you just feel like that the, the the mistakes that were there are not there. I think he just has a lot more freedom in that role. I just he just looks like a different player. It's it's brilliant. It looks like the Douglas Louise of the Project Restart era. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and you know when you've got a good motivator and a good manager, that's probably what comes around. I, I purposely left out Ollie Watkins out of my conversation because I've just said too much on him and it just feels like I have a vendetta. But uh, Kieran says he couldn't hit a cow's arse with a banjo unless he has three goals at it. I beg to differ. I reckon five goals. And unfortunately, when 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 we're at this level, we are a lower mid-table team at the moment. We don't get too many chances. And when we get the chances, we need someone to put them in the back of the net. That is the be-all and end-all. So, more than likely, it's going to fall to a central striker. So, that central striker has to be able to stand up and be counted and put the ball in the back of the net. And I'm, you know what I'm going to counter back with? We didn't have many chances under Dean Smith either, and he was able to put the ball in the back of the net then. It's not working for him now, and I, but I, 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 think, mm. this, uh, I think that Ali Watkins is not the busted we're, flush. This, we're, most, uh, we're most of them done without any crowd in the stand. I don't think that is any. He, he, got, he got got double digits last season as well, so mm. you know those people in the in, in the stand last season. So look, it's frustrating. He's going through a bad patch this season. Um, I did a um, I did a podcast on Terry Murphy. And we was playing with Lorient, and we were, Aston Villa were tentatively linked with him as well. He's having a fantastic season this season. Last year, it just didn't happen for him for whatever reason, and uh, this season. There's a clamor amongst Europe to, to sign him because um, he's got—I I can't remember what it was—is it 13 goals in 15 games or something like that at the moment? So, um, playing the striker role is obviously a, a confidence role. Um, I like—I don't—I'm not throwing any of our strikers out with the bat water. Like for me, I think you know Ali Watkins has done far more in an Aston Villa shirt than Cameron Archer has. You know, so so if we we've, and, and I know there comes a time when we have to stop giving people the benefit of the doubt from from Nally Watkins' point of view and try the younger guys. I, I'm just not ready to throw bat, try Nally Watkins out with the backwater just yet. But I do think that we add on top of him and maybe push him out more into mm. uh, maybe that second striker. Maybe a second striker suits him better. And I think it did the work rate he did. I think if you were to ask Danny Ring, Danny's hand on heart, 
uh, when the two of them were played up top uh, because Ings did go on a run of form just before um, before the break. Uh, I think he'd appreciate some of the work that Ali Watkins does up there for him as well. So um, the jury's Hello, out. I'm ready. You know, you know I'm ready to throw him out with the bad water. That yeah. he just, just hasn't done it for me. You, you could talk about... Uh, you're blue in the face getting to double digits that's fine but with the amount of chances he had he should have, should have been over 20 goals a season he, I, just, I, I, he just doesn't take a you're going to have to show me proof on the amount of chances that he's had the amount of clear cut chances Jesus, the proof is in the pudding just watch him playing yeah. football how many opportunities does he get and either the, wrong decision making or poor shot on yeah. goal and and, and let's let's see how he does. Let's early. let's see how he does. Is it, it does in the two? We could just yeah. as easily say that Ings does all he does is there. And if the, if he doesn't, if he doesn't put the ball in the back of the net, he does nothing in the game. You know. So we can throw all these things out about players. I think, but. I think Ali Watkins deserves way more of a chance than people are saying. Like sell him in January. I, I just I think add to him and have him as a squad player, or maybe even push him out. As I say into that too, because we're going to need another striker regardless. And if we sell Ali Watkins in in January, then we're going to need two strikers. And I don't think Aston Villa are going to attract two strikers um, in in January. Um, but that's just my thoughts. Sir. As I say, that's we'll just see. my thoughts. We'll see. Yeah. Um, Two strikers that will get us into double digits every year that, they, that they've played for us. Um, anyway, uh, players as well that have played well. Uh, I had someone else there and I'm after forgetting who they are. Obviously, Leon Bailey, but there was someone else. Bubakar Kamara. Bubakar Kamara. Yes, 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 yes. We've only scratched the surface on what this guy can do. And we saw it. It was that game against um, that game against Villarreal. He was pushing further up the field as well. So we were defending in a diamond at times. And he was obviously the base of that diamond. McGinn and um, Douglas Louise were, two, were, were the guys who went wide. And then Bundia was obviously at the top of that diamond. Bundia is somebody, I think he's, had, he's shown an awful lot of effort in this. But I'm st- as I said, I'm still waiting for him to spark. Still have ho- very, very high hopes with him as well. But Bubakar Kamara, for me, when he was pushing up to make that into a three uh, in midfield across the middle of Douglas Luiz, Bubakar Kamara and, uh, and John McGinn, he was even outrunning that and, and, and pressing higher up. So the biggest thing for me is, in, specifically in that Villarreal game, the high press was amazing. And then with Bubakar Kamara coming at people like a train from behind, um, I think that that was really pressing. Will it work in the Premier League on a, on a uh, week-by-week basis? It's going to be really interesting to see. But... Um, I just I really like what I see from him, and it's like you get no, you get I'm I, like it. It doesn't take a genius to see that he can play football, and he's only what twenty one years of age. Um, so uh, as I say, his stock is very much up, and we're delighted to have him back because the injury that he got apparently could have been an awful lot worse. Um, played on for a small bit could have been an awful lot worse, and we're in a good position whereby he is uh, going to anchor down the the the, bottom, the base of that midfield as well. So. Um, really, really interested to see what he does. Really interested, Paddy, to see what happens with our loan signings, or our loanees, should I say, the guys who we've loaned out in January. We spoke a small bit about this. There's a lot of rumblings about Lamar Bogard potentially going out in January, but it's the guys that I'm, I'm that are out already, the likes of the Tims, you know, what will happen with Tim? Michael Beale is gone from there. Do the club see an opportunity to bring him back, integrate him in there? Maybe four or five million comes in, bid comes in for Marvellous Nakamba or something like that. Maybe we can say, all right, we can just plug this guy in to take his place in the squad, get him some minutes here throughout the course of the season. What do you think, Paddy? Do you think any of them come back and be integrated into the team? It's a difficult, difficult yeah. thing to do when you have a brand new manager and you've not been around the place. 
Well, who who knows if I think he'll only bring someone back in if he's not happy with the loan that they're on. Um, we've seen that in the past. Who did Gerard recall last year? Ken Kessler Hayden was Ken it? Kessler Hayden, yeah, yeah. Um, so that that that's an opportunity. Like uh, apparently they're not happy with the the um forgot his first name. Jesus, uh, Louis Barry, um. That hasn't worked out as well. He he only scored his, his first goal for the club recently. I, I don't think he's had enough game time for Villa's point of view. They might like to send him out somewhere where he's going to get more time. Um, obviously, he was our great white hope going back to, to, to the FA Cup winning team for the Utes. Um, so, Tim, I, I'm happy with Tim staying where he is for now. Um, I think it'll make him a man. I, th- I think I think he's he's excelling at that level. And he probably comes into pre-season, you know, with, with, with that kind of form, looking at pushing his way back into the team. Sorry, Neil, there's, there's a comment here I can't take my eyes off here. Paddy always sounds really bitter. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, you're on a podcast. I have to be objective sometimes, and I'm not being mm. bitter. I'm just, I was talking about Ollie Watkins. I presume that's why you were saying it, but... Uh, you have to say what we feel, isn't that what it is, Neil? We're accused of being too nice sometimes. Mm. Well, I there's there's players that I feel um like I remember people remember Ashley Young Gate, where I was just literally I, after that Wolves game that Ashley Young somehow ended up heading the ball into the back of the net uh, against Villa uh, or against Wolves and I just couldn't couldn't look straight at him for about six weeks afterwards and this season he's won my affection back so uh there is that there's always that uh, Paddy Paddy talk about Louis Barry for a moment actually because sometimes do do fans of every club I'm not going to just say Villa fans but the fans of every club are we guilty of expecting players to be the real deal maybe a bit too young and what I mean by this is that Louis Barry is going to be 20 come the end of the season this season. Um, like, not every not every tree grows at the same rate, you know. So, I, I, is 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 there, a, I suppose, a, a a possibility that 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 you know, obviously, there's a possibility that he doesn't turn into the player that people thought he would. But is there a possibility that we're expecting him to be that player a small bit too soon? Well, look, if if you look at the guys who, who pushed on at an early age, like Michael Owen and those, which people likened them to back in the... They are unicorns, it, though, you know, there's... Oh, they are, they are. And, look, I'm, I'm not I'm not giving up any hope on, on any of these players. We, we didn't even mention Finazaz, who's who's doing pretty well. Or Philogene Bidace. Or Philogene like Bidace, yeah, both for the injuries would be... Uh, would, we'd like to see more of them, obviously. Um... But with regards to Louis Barry, um, there's a lot of people thought that his head wasn't right to go out like that and get a, a a run again was probably the best thing and the fairest thing for him. It hasn't worked out for him. That could be down to the club. That could be down to the coaching. It's up to it's up to who's our loans manager, Mealy Ednek. Mealy Ednek. Yeah, it's up, it's up it's up for him to decide what what the what the course is from here on in. Um, if it was me. I would go looking for another club for him just just to see how he does, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him go overseas if they found somewhere overseas. That's what I was going to say it might it might be a, a good one for him, you know. Say say a lower league or or a a lower 
down the division, you know, a, a, a Getafe or someone like that. I don't even know who's in the lower part of the. <laughs> the I had I had the Dutch league or the Belgian league in my mind when you were saying overseas something along those yeah. lines. You know, go to a Maybe Royal the Dutch league, not 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 the Belgian league, but you know, if if he got if he got a Sassuolo or a. Salernitana or somewhere I like that. I can't see him playing in Italy. There's, I don't know why I can't see him <laughs> playing in Italy. It's all, it's going to be the low countries, I think, for me. Am I allowed to call them the low countries? I am because I think I am called. I don't know whether that's uh, whether that's uh, beyond uh, beyond recognition or not. But yeah, I I know what you're saying. It would be good. I think it would be good for for a player. See, this is where I I would forego. No, I wouldn't forego. A fifteen million pound player in January. What are you? What am I talking about? I'm the guy who does transfer, transfer, uh, uh, watch podcasts and people who aren't who are just barely linked to Aston Villa at times. But um, I think the club should be looking to make uh, network uh, decisions in and around the continent. Um, I wouldn't be averse to the club purchasing another to the owners purchasing a team in another league and utilizing it. Like I'm all for it. I'm putting out the. I'm putting it out here right now. Uh, Suarez and Edens, by Treaty United or by Galway United here in 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 League of Ireland, and um, just use it as uh, instead of having like if you think that you've got great under sixteen or seventeen players, send them over here to play in Ireland for a year at that sixteen seventeen, bring them back, then maybe they're ready for Championship football, and then send them on because the the standard of League of Ireland football here is probably League Two standard uh, as it is, and if you can get people into your squad at that age, you know if you get four or five of them over here to Ireland. Um, the, the quality of football is not good, but still, it's about getting them game time against men. And uh, you know, we have men over here, so it's uh, it, it is something. But I just think that networking is is, is kind of needed. Um, if we are to grow, uh, because you know, you see it with the likes of Finn as uh, who's gone gone out and loan. 21 coming up, I think his next birthday, if not 21 already, made his debut for the Irish under 21 team and looked brilliant. Um, in the games that he played. So there are slow burners there. And this is he, he's exactly the reason why I brought up the Louis Barry piece as well. There are slow burners there. And if we've got connections with clubs like the Man Cities, like the, the, the Chelsea's, we can loan our homegrown players. I'm not saying we buy players in and we loan them out like Chelsea have done. Our homegrown players can go and play for those clubs. And maybe one of them catches fire at 2021, 20, as opposed to us having to maybe release them to make room for another prodigious 16 or 17-year-old in our academy at that stage. So I think that there's a lot of um, there's a lot of jiggery-pokery that could be done there. And if I was a strategies manager within Aston Villa, I would be looking to try and maybe put aside 10, 15 million to buy another club uh, that, and, and, and utilise it for that very, very reason. Didn't Suarez's brother buy a club in the Middle East? Was it Egypt? Yes, and I think we have a partnership with them now, and we have a partnership with with clubs in Senegal. But um, there was talks. There was was it OB in Denmark? OB were being basically touted to anybody who would buy them, and I don't remember what happened there. Um, but uh, there was links. There have been links with a team in Portugal. It was it Estoril or. Victoria Guimaraes, I think there was links to Edens and uh, another team in Portugal, if I remember rightly. I, I've probably gotten the team wrong, but maybe we see something come from that. And obviously, as we know, the Las Vegas villains in the MLS um, is is something that's most likely going to happen. Or it has. I think it's even been announced for 2024, 2023 onwards. So Looking forward to my summer holidays already. 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Go over there, see Louis Barry playing for the Las Vegas. <laughs> I, w- I wonder will somebody. I wonder will somebody listens to the podcast be getting married too, and then we can go to their uh, stag at the Las Vegas Villains. How does that sound? Sounds great. I might even get married <laughs> myself for that. Uh, we'll well, see. You, see, you see, that's what I was initiating there. Now. I know that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, that that insinuates that I uh, that, that I listen back to the podcast. Um, <laughs> oh, excuse me. I have the man flu. Um, everybody, it's confirmed. We both do. Flu, so this could be the last <laughs> podcast that we ever do. Um, yeah, listen, that's been a good chat, Petty. Uh, I, I think uh, we've, we've done 42 minutes where I didn't think we would. We're, we're going to be a bit more regular now for whatever that, depending on what part of Ireland you say that. So that's the people you, you can get a funny look. But we're, our podcasts are going to be a bit more regular uh, going forward. Now, we've got something. We will have more pieces. We have something coming out Christmas Eve as well. And obviously, we'll be packed then back with the with the Liverpool stuff. So we're probably we're going to try and get uh, – we will get our, our Liverpool preview in before Christmas. Um, and then we'll have a little piece either Christmas Eve or Christmas Day for you guys as well. If there's uh, anybody who wants something to go to sleep on after you're full of turkey coma. Um, you'll have something to listen to uh, from us as well. But um, listen, thanks so much, everybody, for joining in. We had 130 or 140 people there at one stage, and that's absolutely amazing. I thought you guys would have forgotten all about us because um, we haven't been on in so long. Um, Dean, your first marriage in Stag was in Vegas. That's the job. I, 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 I've never been to Vegas. I've never <laughs> been to Vegas, but I'd be afraid. It'll be just my luck that I end up in Mike Tyson's room with a white Bengal tiger somewhere as well. So, um, Dean, Dean, talks, Dean talks to me a good bit on Instagram. So, Dean, I think we should find out when the anniversary was and we'll go back and celebrate the fact. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Dean, and, and for Dean and any, anybody who, con- who contacts me on Instagram, I'm so sorry. I just very rarely, very rarely, I, I flick in quickly to see what's going on. It's just one of those apps that I could spend it. I just don't want to spend time in that app. I don't know what it is. I'm averse to it. And plus as well, TikTok is malware, Paddy. We'll do a whole podcast on that as well. No, thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks very much, everybody. I want to take this opportunity as well for any of you who maybe won't won't get to listen to any podcast between now and then. Hope you all have a fantastic uh, Christmas. I hope you all have a wonderful new year. Um, I hope Santa Claus or whoever you believe in brings you whatever you want over this Christmas and uh, I know what I want, and that's going to be a win on the 26th of June. 26th of June? 26th of December. Where did I get June from? What's the 26th? 26th of June? I think that might is be that one of my birthdays. Actually, yeah. Do you know why that came into my mind now? That, why that came into my mind? Because, okay, we didn't have them in time for Christmas, but I did say we were going to be getting new hats for the podcast, so I'm going to pop them up online. Maybe somebody wants to get themselves something after Christmas or whatever. Obviously, I won't be. If you do purchase them before Christmas, they're not going to be with you by Christmas unless I get on the plane myself um, to, to hand or, deliver or, them. Or to you're giving them to someone in Galway. Or I'm giving them to someone in Ireland. I could probably get them to you if you were in Ireland. But we do. We've got 15 hats uh, uh, here as well. And um, as I said, the reason that I think the 26th of June came, came into my mind there was because uh, my good mate who did up these hats, his birthday is the 26th of June. And I think that's why that came into my mind. If anybody's looking for any sports gear, any hats, jerseys, uh, any sports gear at all, you name it, Lacra Sports, L-A-O-C-H-R-A Sports. I'm going to see if this is me. I'm giving him a free plug. Um, you'll be able to see him there. He does anything in Ireland, and I'm sure he'd stretch to the UK as well um, if you needed anything there. Mates rates. You can just mention my name. He'll give you mates rates as well. Um, yeah. All right. 
Go leave it at that, guys. Thanks so much to everybody. Um, we will be back over the next couple of days, but I really appreciate everybody for jumping on tonight. In the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy, and all that's left to say is up the villa. Up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network.